I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself. In this episode of Soul Sister Conversations, we chat with business consultant Jim Kakachi about Toastmasters and how this international organization has helped him to serve his community and bring meaning to his life. Good afternoon, Elaine. Good afternoon, Dana. Yeah, I'm excited to have our next guest on today. It's someone that I've known for a long time, knew the name, but only got to know him uh, a little bit better in the in the last few years, and it was because of Toastmasters. So I'll read you a bio of who we're talking about, and this guest is Jim Kakachi. He is a business, business consultant uh, residing in St. John. He is a volunteer. He serves as president and board chair of Lars St. John. And this is how I know him. He has been a Toastmaster since 1987. And Jim's home club is here in St. John, uh, St. John Toastmasters. And he served as international president for Toastmasters International in 2015 to 2016. So please welcome Jim Kukachi. Welcome, Jim, to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> thank you, Dana. Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> nice to have you here. So the first time that I, I remember meeting you, uh, you were area governor, so I oh, had wow. joined Toastmasters, yeah, that's a while ago, uh, over 10 years ago, and the people in our club loved you. They were like, Jim Kakachi's coming, Kakachi's coming, and you have a great last name. <laughs> and I'm so like, well, we better get the, the, uh, make, the club like tidied up, the yeah. president's coming. But uh, so that, that's when I first recall uh, meeting you, but I don't think we really got to know each other, and then I rejoined Toastmasters for a little bit last year or a year and a half ago and then we kind of got to know you a little bit more so I, I was curious about um your your interest in Toastmasters and how you even started down that path because you've been in it for 30 years that's right I joined in 1987 so at that time I was a computer programmer a COBOL programmer working for NBTEL in Brunswick Square in St. John and two co-workers came to my desk and said you're a pretty bright guy and I like to joke with that. He didn't say you're a really smart guy, right? They said, you're a pretty bright guy. You say nothing in meetings, which was true. So I needed to develop the confidence to speak up in meetings. And that's what they told me. If your career is going to progress, you need to speak in meetings. You need to say your mind. And not when you're in the hallway talking to your buddy. Not say, after the, room, the fact. After right. the fact. Right? It's so common. Mm -hmm. So that's what uh, happened. They took me to Toastmasters and I joined immediately. I was still too shy to speak for three or four meetings. But in that supportive environment, my skills grew very quickly. Mm. And obviously it worked well for you because here it is, you know, how many years later? Yes. And and you have gone to the ranks. Like, would it be? Would you consider that the highest sort of position in Toastmasters? Yes. So in 2015, 2016, I served as president for the entire organization. So um, there's only one of those every year out of 360,000 members. So uh, 360,000. Yes. Around around the Globally. world. Correct. Mm. Yeah. 143 countries. Wow. So, because when I'm reading your bio, when I think of you, mm -hmm. um, I really, I don't know, the word serving comes to mind. Mm. Because you joined Toastmasters to get practice and become more confident in public speaking. But it seems if you're staying that long, even though I know you still need to stay for, you know, we, we still need to practice. What's keeping you there? What has kept you there for those Yep. All those years. A couple of things. One, I love to see people who are nervous and shy and are not confident in their speaking abilities and leadership abilities to join and see them blossom. There's, there's no better reward than that to mm. see somebody develop. 
But the second reason I stay is I've, I've come to realize that if you want to be strong at speaking or leading, there's three things you need. You need a little bit of knowledge. You need practice, because these are skills, and you need feedback. So mm. I can talk in depth about any one of those elements, but, but that's the key for me. And Toastmasters will provide you with a knowledge base that you can supplement in other places. We'll provide you a regular place to practice the skill of planning a speech, delivering a speech, mm. uh, seeing if it lands with the audience, and we'll give you feedback on how the performance went. So yeah. that so scares I for those me. reasons. That scares you. <laughs> the feedback. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It does. That yeah, is, as you're saying that, my mm. heart is racing a little bit, and mm. I find that very intimidating. I mean, I've, I've been speaking my entire life. I'm mm. you know somebody who isn't shy mm-hmm. to get up in front of the room, and that is one of the barriers for me. And that is why I have never attended a Toastmasters meeting. Well, it I is find that hard to believe. I know. So I, I, here we go. Today to I'm being. Visit. Today I'm being. So there's. I'm showing my vulnerability, yes. right? In that that scares me. Okay. I'd like you to come visit and see the environment. And, and for your listeners, I'd like you to come visit and see the environment because that. I can see how that can be a misperception about, oh my gosh, someone's going to criticize me. Well, exactly. But, yes. but it's a supportive yeah. environment. We're not, we don't exist yeah. to tear people down. We exist right. to build people up. So we'll acknowledge your strengths and we'll give an opinion on opportunities for improvement. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, Toastmasters, once they're there for a while, they become very hungry for feedback. Mm. So, ah. so myself, I, I, I know I can do a good job at a speech, but give me some perspective. How can I make it more clear? Yeah, what are you seeing? Right. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's for people listening. If anyone anyone has ever thought of joining Toastmasters, it's actually very supportive because I've belonged to Toastmasters four years of my life. And that's the main thing. Like, I remember moving through the, you have like 10, 10 projects that you have to complete to get your competent Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. And I remember finishing my 10th speech and everybody stood up and gave me a standing ovation. Mm. And I thought... That is so amazing. And then another person get up and finish their 10 speech and they also got one. And I thought, okay, they just don't, they're not handing these things out because I'm fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> but people get to it's their support. feet. It's support well, and it makes you feel good. And and I've seen people come in that are shaking, right? Absolutely. You've seen it. I'm sure you've seen the worst of the worst. And But it is it's about people's potential and you begin to see them shift and grow mm-hmm. and building and, and in confidence. Well, it's interesting. There's another element there. And uh, we've got... Several clubs around the world in prisons. Captive, really? Captive audience, no pun intended. Have you ever t- I've not. I've not, but uh, around the world we've got probably 20 or 30 clubs out of the 16,000. And it's interesting, we've had an article in our Toastmaster magazine recently about prison clubs, and one of the prisoners said, this is the first time in my life I felt listened to. Mm, interesting. Isn't wow. that interesting? And I think a lot of people but have that. But that's not that. something where you would connect that Toastmasters would be in, would be in, you know, the I think facilities. you're right. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's not our bread and butter, but I think it speaks to the supportive environment. Mm, right. And the challenge that people have. Sometimes people feel they're not listened to because they're not good communicators. Right. So being a strong communicator helps with that. Uh, it helps your observation of the it's audience so as well. But through Toastmasters, you're helping people be more effective at communication. That's our bread and butter, communication and leadership, mm-hmm. where we exist to empower individuals to become more effective communicators and leaders. That's the mission. And and how do you think that that effective communication, what have you seen? How has how that translated into results to their members? Mm-hmm. How's that translated into results? Well, people, you can see people's confidence blossom mm. and and usually that results in 
it's difficult to generalize, but people get different goals. But sometimes people get promotions. Right. Sometimes they move away. Yes. You know, we've got a high attrition rate, but it's because we make people more confident and more successful. Right. They get what they need. They get what they need. And then and, they yeah. and right, so they they come and go. Um, we um, Dana and I attend the uh, chamber, the St. John Chamber Women in Business mm. um, uh, Forum every month. And so Catherine is it Hanson? Yeah. Catherine yes, Hanson. Yes. So Catherine was the uh, she was the MC for our last mm-hmm. meeting. Mm-hmm. And and Catherine isn't she's she's not the kind of person who you know who's sort of um, an extrovert, right? Mm. But she's somebody who's just got this wonderful, pleasant personality. And mm-hmm. as the MC, I'm watching her, and she was in command. Yes, she was. She was. She had us laughing. She had us thinking. Her questions were thoughtful. Mm-hmm. She well was prepared. She had she nice was, transitions. Yes, all her transit. I'm I'm getting the goosebumps as I'm saying this. And so, and she said, I attended Toastmasters because I needed. To. Mm. And so so she gave credit, you know, for that in her speaking. And I thought, wow, it was what it was beautiful to watch her up there. Fabulous. Mm. And that's interesting because it's really a series of skills. You're reflecting on the person who's developed these skills. And I know Catherine very well. And uh, for all of us, you know, there's so many skills we practice in a Toastmaster meeting. You know, and we can list them, but but that's just dry. I, I invite people to come and see and start to understand it. Mm. There's so many soft skills, like you say, the transitions, the introductions, the management of time. It's management of people who might speak too long. Right. There's, there's a lot of skills on display. And yeah. uh, one of the things, because it's about communication and leadership, and I think Absolutely. when I first joined Toastmasters, mm-hmm. and it mu- this must be when I, c- I talk of callings or nudges, I remember seeing it advertised in the Valley Viewer, and that was what it said. It said, come improve your communication and leadership skills and both of those words spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And so now I do a lot of work with leadership. And what it became obvious, I'm thinking of one person in particular who who had was at Toastmasters and they had received a promotion at work. Mm-hmm. And they realized that just because they were good at their job didn't make them good at leadership. And they had to come to improve their speaking because now they're in command of people and leading meetings. Mm-hmm. And I think for people who are thinking about how do I lead people better, you know, to be that leader, as we saw Catherine, that was a great work she commanded the space she did absolutely and people go who's that person and i I don't know if it was you who had said this but i remember hearing at toastmasters and it was basically if people see you um being good at public speaking they can think you can do a lot of other things Mm, it's true you know there's a a, there's a credibility that's lent to you Mm. because most people what is it rather die than than get up and speak in public speak in public and and what is the age range for people that can join toastmasters you need to be 18 years of age to join and there's no upper limit because what i'm seeing is with so dane and i both have children Mm. um and so for the children, they have had opportunities to practice speaking. So mm-hmm. we have the district heritage fairs mm-hmm. where they get up and speak because at some point they need to have these critical skills, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm thinking about, you know, what are we doing for our youth? Well, that we have some things in place in the school, but at 18, mm-hmm. so they're just finishing high school and they can actually join Toastmasters and we'll help them through their university because you got to get up and present. And I... I finished two degrees as a mature student and I remember the first days of class seeing a prof say look 35% is on presentations and I see people fold up their notebooks 
because decision was made, they weren't going to take the class because they didn't oh, want to present. They right. walked out because were, of that. Absolutely. Mm. I want to touch on something else that you guys prompted for mm-hmm. me because we were talking about leadership and uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman who writes for Harvard Business Review every once in a while. His name's Zinger, Z-E-N-G-E-R, Jack Zinger. He's got some great material, but in one of them, he, he, they did some surveys about, uh, about leaders and he, he said people were reluctant to give feedback and what, he, what surprised him in the research is like people were even more reluctant to give positive feedback Rather than negative, they're more likely they're to give negative well, feedback than positive yes. feedback, which and, is fascinating. Uh, why right? is that? Well, that's a, a good cur- question. I'm curious. But, but but the key thing is, a lot of people are uncomfortable giving feedback. Yeah, any kind, I've seen good that or bad. Mm. Yeah, because I think the thing about Toastmasters, be in my experience, it's one thing as a speaker to receive feedback, but I'm telling you, being in the shoes of the person who has to give feedback, mm. especially if the person is challenged in speaking, but that's the whole point that you grow, that you as a speaker, or you as the person giving feedback, have to grow and think about what is it that I can give this person mm. some, some. That isn't going to tear their self esteem right. down. Absolutely. And right. I think, Jim, what you're speaking to, you said it's more likely that they'll give negative feedback than positive Mm. what does that say about us as a society that we're looking to the things that are weaker that we're are we a a society that's not accustomed to looking at our strengths but it strengths and other people playing to your strengths could be that absolutely that could be that or uh, it's it's perhaps the other aspect is people just feel negative feedback needs to be addressed right and they're just not comfortable giving someone a pat in the back yeah because i would think that would be an easier thing to do a pat in the back you would think but than to be negative but I I know I've had that experience where you have a speaker who is just starting out and you're trying to give them perspective and so it's you have to grow as a person Mm -hmm. to give the feedback to recognize okay I have to be kind and compassionate to this person and what can I give them um, and that's a great leadership skill yeah to give developmental feedback absolutely so if you have to in a position to give feedback Toastmasters is a great place to go to learn that it's not just about presenting because the other piece um, that it, that happens at Toastmasters is the general evaluation. So you have to get practice. You're giving feedback on a larger level of how the meeting is run, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think those are there's skills to be learned on both sides of the podium. Absolutely. Right. That give that translate into everyday life. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. So your um, Toastmaster uh, experiences has taken you to all parts of the world. True. That, and and that's as a result of being a Toastmaster. Like you get invited to speak a lot in, in other areas, yeah, I do. and still continue even in your post presidency. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So sometimes, as a past international president, I do get invited. I was in Washington State this uh, this year in a little town called Yakima in eastern Washington State. Uh, I was in Taiwan earlier this year and China last year. So so it's wonderful to be invited and for people to get the get the perspective. Actually, I was talking with someone last night and she was saying, you know, look, sometimes as a past international president, it's, uh, she said, people appreciate your perspective and, and, and that you'll take the time. And that's something that's not visible to me and I need that external perspective to, mm-hmm. to understand that. So I'm happy to to go give advice or talk about my learnings or my theories about how to be effective as a leader. Yeah, it's a treat. It's a treat. And I'm curious, when you um, started on the Toastmasters path, did you see yourself moving through all the ranks up to president? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. (laughs) Did you think you were just going to join Toastmasters for six months and then leave? Uh, I'm not sure I've had any sort of window on it, but quite frankly, I'm selfish with my time. I think most of us are selfish with the time. So so for me, I'm always looking to determine, look, will I benefit and do I have something to offer? Mm. So for me, that's not uh, an immediate decision. I need to contemplate uh, any sort of... Uh, role that I take on. All right. So what did um, having the role of president teach you about leadership? 
What did it teach me? Because that's a favorite topic of mine. Yeah. So I'm curious. You yeah. were at the top. What did you learn? Yeah. One of the things that I learned is, you know, we're all the same all around the world. So one of the most fascinating visits I had, I spent, I visited South Africa and, oh. and one day in Zimbabwe. And Zimbabwe's had many difficulties over the years, uh, political difficulties, corruption difficulties. As a souvenir, actually, they gave me a piece of the currency that's no longer in use, but it's a 10 trillion dollar bill so it's not a million it's not a billion it's not one trillion it's a 10 trillion dollar bill and you can buy one for about five bucks and i i I don't say that to uh to to make fun of uh, the situation in zimbabwe but it just illustrates what inflation's like and challenges people have but the toastmasters are just like like you and i elaine you're not a toastmaster look at the data right now but they're like us they want to work on their skills they want to improve their capabilities so they can serve their communities and their families more effectively so we're all the same all around the world. So it doesn't matter where where you are. When you go to Toastmasters, you are part of a community Absolutely. that has these goals in mind. Those goals in mind. And the people in that room are working on their self-development. They take an interest in the self-development of the people in the room. Oh. It's an amazing environment. And I think that's an interesting perspective that you have as well, is that people are the same around the world. Mm. In, in a world where right now it feels like there are many things that separate us and mm. countries are separated, that people are still people. Absolutely. That's an interesting perspective. So every year in August, we've got an international convention right. that draws between 1,800 to 2,500 people. And it's fascinating to see people dressed in um, wardrobes from the Arabia or China yeah. or wherever it happens to be. It's, uh, it's really quite fascinating for people mm. to see. Now, you mentioned one of the things about um, Toastmasters is it helps people to their leadership, but also in how they can give back in their community, Mm -hmm. which you do quite a bit of here, specifically with uh, L'Arche St. John. Mm. And so tell us a little bit about about L'Arche for people who don't know what L'Arche is Mm -hmm. and and what you do for them. Thanks. So yeah, L'Arche is another international organization in about 35 countries around the world. Founded by a Canadian named Jean Vanier, who just passed away this week, actually, at 90 years of age. So Vanier started this organization, I wouldn't say by accident, but it wasn't, there was no grand plan, but it, it supports people with intellectual disabilities. Um, so he started a first home for people with intellectual disabilities. And the, the distinction is there, um, it, we, we've, we operate group homes, and we've got one in the city in St. John on the west side called McKim House. There's five core residents. We've got a day program where about currently 20 people from uh, around the greater St. John community come together to make art. And it's about inclusion. So people with intellectual disabilities, mm. often excluded, uh, sometimes bullied. Uh, people don't know how to react to them. You know, they might look different or sound different. So... Um, Giovanni had the vision of working with people to focus on their abilities, not their disabilities, to support them and uh, have a meaningful life. Uh, so that's uh, what L'Arche is all about. And I got drawn into it. And I was asked to sit on the board to help with marketing and PR. And I was happy to do that. Now I serve as board chair. I've been in that position for two years. Uh, so we're, uh, we're proud of what we, uh, what we do. And, uh, and L'Arche talks a lot about transformative relationships because mm-hmm. in working with people with intellectual disabilities, uh, you know, you think you're giving, but you're getting too. Oh. Uh, so I've learned to recognize, look, these, these, these folks are people. They've got goals and ambitions. You people and I, are people. Some of, some of them have got incredible artistic talents, which we've discovered from, from our, our arts program, our day program. So, so yeah, it's been uh, very interesting for me. And people are people. Mm. And Toastmasters has given you the skills that yes. help you to communicate um, I guess the mandate or the needs of of the community of L'Arche and what you're doing for them. Absolutely, and I'd say 
further, I serve as board chair. So there's an important distinction made between what the board does and what operations does. Uh, so I've learned that through my roles in Toastmasters, and I'm proud of the work I do in chairing the board. And we've got challenges. We've got major fundraising challenges every year, and uh, if people are interested to help with that, they can visit our website, larsstjohn.ca. Uh, so yeah, that's helped me with the skills in managing the board and diverse personalities and interests and points of view to you know, let people's opinions be heard, but to come to a common direction and move forward. Because what is the fundraising for? What do, what what does it fund? Does it programs for them or keep the home going? Or All of the above. So we, we get about half of our annual requirement from the provincial government. That's, a, that's a very nice, but we need to fundraise the other... Two hundred thousand dollars or so. So we work to foundations and uh, other sorts of uh, foundations, other donations from people. We run some events to uh, meet mm. our goals. Now, do you spend a lot of time with the? the do you meet uh, the people who are in the the McKim House? Or? I, I do. We do. It's important for as the board when we meet monthly. We spend time with some of the core members. Uh, we call them core members, not clients. Um, so yeah, it's important to connect and understand mm. who are you really serving yeah. here. Uh, you know, and they'll tell us that they were bowling today, or working at Key Industries, or uh, working on art with folks, or playing music for our seniors. Uh, they 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 make a contribution to the community. Yeah, that's amazing. And how is that being communicated to the community? Well, we've got social media sites. We've got Instagram. We use Twitter. We Facebook. use Facebook. People Facebook's the, the, big, the one. big one, of course. Uh, so we've been continuing to work on PR. We've had some incredible coverage, actually, uh, coincident with Vanier's passing and uh, with our hiring of a new executive director. We hired an executive director who used to be national lead and then moved on to an international role with Larsh, a gentleman from the North Shore named Zoel Bro, who's been with Lars for 40 years, got involved as a very young person and stayed. Uh, so we've had some very good coverage around that. Uh, so is Lars a national or international? International. Okay, so I was thinking that was just a St. John uh, organization, but it's, it's has broader reach than that. Much broader. So we've got okay. a we've got an operation here in St. John, a small one in Fredericton that's underway. Uh, there's, there's about 12 homes in Nova Scotia, much larger, uh, a much larger operation. But, but yes, we're in 35 countries around the world. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine there's a lot of people who want your time, right? Because mm -hmm. of, you know, because of your skills and, and everything you've learned with Toastmasters. So why Larsh? Why Larsh? I guess a gentleman who used to be in Toastmasters was board chair, Mr. Don Dixon, and he asked for, he had a specific ask of me, which was interesting, to help, with, help us on the board with PR and, and marketing. So I did that, but I was drawn into the community. And as I saw how we were supporting uh, this broad community of uh, our core members, our, core, our people who visit Creative Connections, um, you know, I saw a, a greater opportunity to contribute. So, so currently we're working on uh, some respite options as well where people can uh, drop their kids off with, with us at evenings mm -hmm. so we can have a coffee house, uh, a dance, the kids will be safe, the parents can have some time away. So I saw... I was drawn in to see how we can make a, a bigger contribution. And that's your, your, it's over in your neck of the woods too, isn't it? You live at your West Side. Yeah, so the home is on the West Side, yeah. yeah I do get over the Harbor Bridge from time to time. You do. <laughs> the sovereign West Side. <laughs> and our, our day program is on Prince William Street. Okay. Uh, so okay. that's an important location for us because one of our, the goals from a marketing PR perspective is we want see, to see people people to see our folks with intellectual disabilities working with people without intellectual disabilities right. creating art together working together laughing having fun sharing life together that's mm -hmm. what our purpose is share life together
Well, springboarding on you just, it was perfect segue. You oh, said yes. purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm going to go really big, really deep sort of, uh, I'm just curious about your time in Toastmasters, serving in that, serving at the highest roles and with Larsh. How has this work, your life, has that come to bring you, to, like, do you think about life purpose? How, how does it give meaning to your life, the work that you've done? In, you know, it's Deb Armstrong, one of the profs at UNBSJ. I remember one of her classes way back when, and uh, she, she talked about motivational theories. And I think everybody, if you're going to lead, you need to understand some motivational theories and find one that makes sense to you. For me, Deb talked one day about uh, David McClelland and his three needs theory. And it conveniently broke the world down into three segments. <laughs> we all fit in three Do segments. Do tell. I will, I will, I will. So for me, it just made so much sense. So he says, look, we've got all, all three elements. We've all got three needs. Affiliation, uh, achievement, and authority or power. And, and the books describe those elements. And I'll just leave it at that. If you want, if you want mm-hmm. to go deeper, we can go deeper. But for me, I've got a, I'm driven by achievement. So uh, the interesting thing about people who are driven by achievement is like we, we don't really need for the rest of the world to know. It's like a, yeah. a personal, personal internal right. drive. It's like I've, I've, I'm making a contribution. I've done something today that's made the world a better place. It's helped Lars, helped Toastmasters. So that's the drive for me. So uh, for life's purpose, I'm about achievement, contribution, things that make me feel fulfilled. Mm, yeah, because yeah, that, well, that's an interesting perspective, achievement. Mm. Because uh, you know, we all you hear a lot about goal setting and and so on, but every, you know, a lot of it gets reported on Facebook these days. But it's <laughs> yeah. interesting that you have to have that humble experience of it's your internal drive mm-hmm. um, to to check the the boxes off. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. When, when do you think that? Because you joined Toastmasters. Surely not thinking that this was going to fulfill your life's purpose. Right. At what For this point many did years, you feel yeah. like that began to shift? Like, when did you feel meaning sort of coming into your life as a result of what you were doing? You were checking all the boxes, I'm sure, but not mm. realize it was actually probably taking you somewhere. Yeah, I would say every step along the way, there's achievement. It's, you know, for, for a lot of folks that doing that first speech, a four to six minute speech before Toastmasters. <laughs> it feels like a hundred minutes. Right. It feels like a hundred minutes. They, they're stressed. They can't sleep. They can't eat. They get it done. That's a massive achievement. And then they become hungry for more. And then they, uh, maybe they give a speech and finally they hear the audience laugh. <laughs> That's a reality for some folks, right? They say, I'm not funny, but people laugh. They, oh my gosh, maybe it's I'm always funny. Always a good feeling. Yeah, always a good feeling. Or sometimes yeah. someone comes up and says, you know, you made me think about some changes I want to make in my life. There's always achievement that, that yeah. comes along. So, because in uh, the learning at Toastmasters, you're also, you're sharing. Absolutely. Right? In the, oh, in the learning yeah. is the sharing. So you're sharing whatever your personal your personal thoughts and 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 uh, perspectives challenges. and then things right challenges and and uh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's the one of the best things at toastmasters is when you're hearing people share their personal stories and often are very vulnerable <laughs> and they're terrific stories like you've told some great travel stuff like i'm thinking my gosh like i'm thinking i live a very boring life some of these <laughs> some of these stories <laughs> that that people have told about their lives and you said i've seen people who, who they're so sober when they tell their stories that they they're very hilarious they don't even realize they see everybody like laughing and they're just naturally because they're being vulnerable and authentic they're just being themselves they're not trying to be a comedian they're just telling their lives real stories that we can relate to so that's why we laugh right because that intimate setting of the toastmasters group isn't like you're sharing a presentation at work true well (laughs) yeah the professional environment would be a a different environment but people need to find their stories so that's one of the things i I encourage I carry a little notebook and if we're talking about passion with passion about something I want to capture the story because it's a reusable asset yeah so tell me more about that 
Well, um, you know, that's 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 the skill of being a great speaker. It's finding a story that is, is reusable. So I had an interesting one on a flight some time ago, if I can delve into that. So mm-hmm. I was on a flight from Toronto to Edmonton, and I sat down, and my routine is, uh, is there any music I want to listen to or any movies I want to watch? And so this day I sat down, and about 20% of the screens were working. So I called the attendant over and said, uh, it's not working. He said, yeah, we'll reset it. So he reset it a few times and it didn't come on. So I said, no big deal. I've got some reading to do and uh, some work to do. And then I hear a conversation behind me. The passenger says, uh, my screen's not working. And the flight attendant says, well, you're going to get a coupon. So all of a sudden it's like, what? He's getting a coupon. Well, I can get a coupon. I didn't know what it was exactly. for. but but, 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 but I want the coupon. I want the coupon. So, so I, I brought the attendant over and I didn't want to appear crass. I didn't want to say, I want a coupon. I said, oh, my screen's not working. And he said, well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we've, we said it three times, sir. It's not going to work. And he just looks at me. So I just look at him. He, he says, it's like a big computer. It's not going to work today. So finally I had to say, okay, well, I get a coupon. And so this... I've used that story several times to talk about, look, be clear in your expectations. Ask for what you want. Right. Absolutely. So it's, a, it's really a silly little story, but it's a reusable asset. So I capture that and I reuse that to talk about yeah. customer service, expectations, being clear in your communications. Don't beat around the bush. So, so those are examples, one example of you know, a relatively small incident. That's a reusable asset. But you put it in your notebook in your pocket. I did. You're not counting on your memory. You can't That's rely fantastic. on your memory. Not anymore. I love that. Mm. And I just bought, I don't know what book I was reading recently, um, but it said, go get the tiny little moleskins. So there's three in a pack. You, oh, you got, got it. one. <laughs> so I bought three of these because I'm always listening and hearing like great ideas or ideas for for my parking lot i'm not going to work on it now but i might like to work on it later so i put one in my purse Mm -hmm. i have one beside the chair where i sit and read a lot and i have one beside my bed Mm -hmm. and my husband looked at me the other day he goes your book shrank (laughs) my husband is always like i always had the big large books and and for christmas this year i think i got four to write in and he goes yeah they've shrunk and i'm like yeah i know but they need to be portable they do and the i found the big books clunky so i have a whole cup full of the large books that I've bought mm-hmm. and other people have bought for me. So I'm I'm all about sort of the efficiency and essentialism and minimalism and those sorts of things. But these are fantastic. Aren't they? And now you've given a great example of why they work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is that is something to, to capture your notes when you think of it. Because I have so many ideas and now I capture them in my phone. I have notes and I have different categories. Mm-hmm. And um, I even we bought one for my son uh, who, who has a lot of creative ideas. So we bought him this nice leather bound journal. Mm-hmm. And I, I see him take it places. Like I'll find it, like if we were traveling, he'll bring it with him. Mm. And, and it feels like this special place to keep all these wonderful ideas that you might do something with. And and tell stories, and especially I know as a Toastmaster, I know I have to. You, I'm always capturing stories because you need to have remember. Stories. Yeah. yeah, stories are interesting. Story what makes the world go round. Well, a piece of that is reflection too, right? Oh, what, gosh, why am I yes. feeling the way I'm feeling? Right. What? Why am I frustrated today? What's What's going on? Do in you my journal? Life? Do you use it like beyond just jot, jotting down ideas? Not in the moleskin, but yeah, I keep a yeah, journal. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Have the you travels. done that for a long time? A long time. Yeah. So whether it's travel stories or travel experiences, things we're going to forget, yes. uh, or some self-reflection, that's that's important. Yeah, Sounds like you might have a book inside of you. <laughs> what a bridge. Well, funny that you asked that, Link. <laughs> yes, I am. I am working on a book about public speaking. That's an obvious fit for me. And um, it's, Dana's already published, so she and I have talked a bit. But it's fascinating for me because 
I came to realize I don't know how to write a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> because oh. it's a skill, right? It's a, it's, it's a different skill from writing a speech. Yeah. A speech is easy for me, but a book, oh. a, a speech, I'll make a well, Because you've done, a, how many speeches have you oh, written over grace, the years? Thousands, right. thousands. thousands, right? So, the, of course, they're easy. Of course, they're easy. Yes. Right. Right. So, I've got developed that skill. So, writing a book is different. It's been through the editor twice, and uh, so I need to get this done. I need to complete this. I need that feeling of achievement. <laughs> You're waiting to list. check your writing and see achievement. Right. But sometimes it's about the journey and not just the destination. Okay, Elaine. <laughs> and Jim, we just recorded a podcast on perfection. On perfectionism, right. Are you putting in obstacles? No, actually, actually no. But uh, the feedback from the editors is great. But I need to, I need to make some changes to uh, finish it off and yes, get it done, get, get it published. Going. Well, I'm really looking yeah. forward to reading and Wonderful. to hearing more of your stories. Yeah. 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 And so I'll, we've been talking stories a lot and just on your segue again. So as a way to finish, what do you hope your life, well, what story do you think people will remember about you? Or what? what is your life? What story does it tell? Well, people, I hope people look back and say Jim made a difference in organizations mm-hmm. that he chose to make a contribution to. He was wise with his time and made a difference to organizations like L'Arche or Toastmasters mm-hmm. or whatever the future holds. Mm-hmm. I think you are making a difference. Yes, already. And thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for the Thank invite. You. Thanks. I'm Dana Lloyd. And I'm Elaine Shannon. You've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at DanaLloydLeadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at ElaineShannon.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.